Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. You know, I've been speaking to so many people who are talking about feeling low, fed up and struggling right now. I've had days like this too. So that's why this week on the podcast, I'm talking about focusing on your winter wellbeing plan. This is for you in an organisation and as an individual too. So I'm sharing exactly what you can do to get started as well as giving you tips and information as an individual that can boost your winter well-being and what are the key things that you can encourage other people to do too. So join me on today's episode. Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and to thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce to increase that performance and make an impact that you want in the world. So welcome back to the Lessons for Leaders podcast, everyone. It's so good to have you here. I hope by now that you've remembered to hit that subscribe button and please do go and leave me a review. If you enjoy this episode, give me your key takeaways and thoughts and what you value from the podcast. Now, I want to talk to you today about winter well-being. This is not just about plans for organisations but I'm going to give you the key thing that you can do to get started with it but I'm also talking about some quick and easy things that you can do as an individual as well to boost those feel-good chemicals that I talk about all the time and to just you know put a little bit of joy back into your life Because it's hard right now, isn't it? Certainly um, in the UK with the lockdown and where at the time that I'm recording this, there's still a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen with Christmas and things like that. Some people are making decisions about not wanting to see anybody or do anything because they want to... um, keep everybody safe and other people are desperate to see people and are missing people. So I'm not going to be getting into what is going on with the the rules and the regulations and things like that. I'm going to be talking about what you can do either as an organisation to help individuals or what you can do yourself. Okay. Because I'm sharing with you exactly what I've been hearing from all of the workshops and everything that I've been doing over the past couple of months. Because if we help you to be able to support yourself or to support the people in your organisation, then you can help people to feel better, even if they're working remotely. And this then has a positive impact on your own performance and your own well-being and the performance of others. 
So as I say, I've been working with a number of organisations to successfully deliver virtual trainings on all sorts of things like working well at home, having healthy work-life boundaries, um, mental health awareness for managers, mental health awareness for individuals as well. And of course, with all of these things, everything that I deliver is very practical and easy to do because you know if you've been listening to me that I am all about making things easy making things really practical for you and giving you some top tips that you can take away with you some feedback that I had recently um, from somebody that just said I have been to a few webinars and this is the only one I have actual takeaways Emma knew her stuff, had a good style and was real. And I will take on board many items from her presentation. She actually made me feel good and bright. So you see, those are the sorts of feedback that I get. So if you are interested um, in talking about what I can do for you, for the leadership performance and the well-being of your team, there are a range of initiatives which are tailored to your needs so that they align with your company values, your policies and your people. So get in touch with me and discover how the coaching and well-being training can be beneficial to your organisation. You just need to email me, emma at emmalankton.com and we can fix a call to talk about that. So... You know, as I said in the intro, I'm hearing so many people talking about feeling low, fed up and struggling. And, you know, staying well at work and working as we are through this pandemic is challenging for many different reasons. And often the reasons differ for different people. So it can be difficult to adjust to whatever it is this life is that we have right now. You know, whether your living space is now your office or your you've got your desk in the corner of your bedroom or you are still heading to work but with restrictions in place it's important for us to take time to refresh the routines and to look at our well-being people are not necessarily talking about being depressed but just kind of feeling um and sometimes it's a it's a day sometimes it's a couple of days but, you know, these darker winter months are often a problem anyway, but with um, the additional struggle of COVID restrictions in place and the difficulty or challenge of controlling and spreading the virus, they put a strain on people's well-being and people's resilience. And these feelings are completely understandable because we don't know what the future looks like. A lot of us have not got a lot to look forward to and there's a ton of uncertainty. So that's why if you're an employer, you must make sure you've got a winter wellbeing provision as part of your overall wellbeing strategy. You know, the days are getting shorter, there's much less daylight, much more darkness and sunshine seems to be sometimes a very distant memory. It's all going to have an impact. But also, you know... I don't need to tell you, remind you really about the colds and flus that are going to add to everything in the workplace. So what is it that needs to be part of your winter wellbeing strategy? First is 
please conduct an employee survey. I see so many social media posts where people are saying, what can I do to boost engagement? What can I do to bring some fun? What can I do to get people together? And my answer every single time is ask them. Surveys are incredibly valuable to help organisations understand what staff want and what staff are struggling with. However, it's also about asking the right questions that means you get specific answers and information rather than broad and generalised answers. It really is the only way to provide the right input and get quality information. It's also the best way if you survey regularly to track improvements and monitor the impact of what you're providing. So talk to me if you want info on the different kinds of surveys that you can do and the organisations that can provide that for you. Ensure that initiatives are well promoted. Whatever it is that you decide to put in place, ensure that employees know what it is that you're offering and that you're doing. How are you going to tell people when so many are still working from home? You know, the usual poster on the notice board was is never enough in the first place. And obviously, they're not going to see the notice board, are they? Um, but people need to be told more than once. Think about it this way. How many times have you read something and had a great intention to look at it further, to do something with it and then forgotten? Or times got taken over by other things? And it's the same with other people too. So even if you're only doing a water cooler chat or a um, some other get together for another particular reason, let people know more than once. Get a way that puts it in their diary. Remember to do this. Don't forget we've got that, etc. Put it on different things on your email signatures, on your uh, newsletters, in your weekly briefings, whatever it is. Make sure that you are telling people frequently. Same goes for getting people to complete a survey as well, actually. Tell people frequently. When you implement a year-round wellbeing plan, it's much more effective. People don't take the time to engage in a fad or a one-off thing. And this is why people say to me, oh, you know, it's never really been that effective. It's about how you are trying to implement it. Because well-being schemes that are run throughout the year are much more effective than just a stand-alone seasonal promotiony type things otherwise you just don't get the the results that you're hoping for and I don't need to tell you this you know this right but sometimes we need that reminder and we need to think about things in a different way which is what I'm here to help you with so it needs to be part of your business plan all year round and the winter part can be obviously part of the winter thing <laughs> that makes sense um but when you've got an entire well-being plan talk to me about what that looks like we can sit down and create one together if you would like to so what can you do for yourself there are things that we can do for ourselves and for each other that can really help to boost your winter well-being feelings we know that it's been difficult this year, absolutely. And it's getting, it's you know, it's harder to kind of get that keep going for a lot of people. So take a moment to think about how you are feeling 
and just recognize some of the things that you are doing. It's so easy for us to slip into habits that are not supporting us and that are not um, working well for us. So are you taking breaks? Are you sitting for longer periods? Are you staying hydrated and eating well? Do you have a good work-life balance? Or are you just working a little bit more in the evening because, well, you might as well and it's got all that stuff to do and you'll feel better when you've just cleared out that thing? Do you feel supported at work? You know, I know for me, yes, there are times when I forget to move and I'm sitting for longer. I also know my sugar intake has gone up. Oh, Okay, okay, and a little bit of the wine has gone up too, if I'm really honest. Not masses, but a glass extra here and there where I wouldn't normally have had one. These are all signs of the struggle. That's why even this week, for me, I started a new exercise regime ahead of the gyms hopefully opening very soon, but and the getting moving again. So, you know... I'm going to say regulate your diet. I'm not a dietitian, but I think we all know what's good for us. And as I've said, we can slip into some of those bad habits. So, you know, it's remembering that protein keeps you full for longer. It balances your blood sugar. It keeps a clear head. That's a good one for you. Keeps you focused. And we need that, right, to get through everything that we need to do. So I always say in my workshops about reducing the caffeine and sugar, and I said this on a webinar last week, about it was about managing stress and anxiety to improve performance. And somebody said about cutting out coffee and how hard it was, and she said, life without coffee is life without a soul, or something like that. I mean, I was once a 10 to 12 cup of coffee person a day. I know, right? Terrible. Now I'm one to two. So I don't mean do without it completely, but I do mean reduce it, you know, and limit some of the intake. Cut things down gradually. Again, don't do cold turkey because it just means that we fall over and don't do those things. You know, I want to ask you to limit your news intake. The news is often a constant source of bad news. So limiting the amount of what you listen to and what you see on social media can really help. Gosh, you can tell when my youngest has been on social media and she comes downstairs all flustered and reports the terrible things that are going to happen next. So limit your intake. Make sure you take the me time that you need. I'm currently pulling together a plan for a workshop for some senior managers who have begun to recognise that they are not looking after themselves and that means that they don't then know how to support their staff in looking after themselves too. So make sure you take time each day, however it is that you relax, whatever it is that lights you up or has you feeling good or calms you down or whatever it is, make sure you take time to do a little bit more of that. Stay in touch with people. You know, I've had loads of people that are saying that they are missing the connections. I'm going to be talking more about connections in the next episode. They are hugely important. But, you know, for now, find a way to go for that socially distanced walk. I I mean, I keep saying, well, it's all right to meet people in the supermarket, isn't it? (laughs) No, go down aisle two where the booze is or something or whatever. (laughs) Um, But make sure you create those times 
to be able to get those connections. Even if you think it's not the same when you're meeting on video and things like that. Do you know what? We all managed just fine when we did a good old fashioned phone call in the, you know, life before um, Zoom and Teams and whatever. You know, pick up the phone, have a chat. Use coping strategies that you know work for you. Go back to some of the previous podcasts that I've done. You know, the top three tips to handle stress or the work-life balance one or the one on improving your mental health. And these are all well-known and very good coping strategies. Whatever works for you, but make sure it's there and make sure you are doing it. Stay active. Think about the time of day that you get out and about and be active. Remember, as I've said, the mornings and evenings, there's very little daylight. You know, this was always the time when we used to talk about, you know, you go home in the dark and go to work in the dark. And now we just don't even go out. (laughs) So when you're working from home, I get it's really easy to sit at your desk all day and not move. But making sure that you're staying active is important for your well-being and for your health. So if you can get out in daylight, that's great. And it also boosts your vitamin D, which is good for mood. So that's a bonus. But if not, try and get out and about and do something at any time of the day. And then do get enough sleep. Not getting enough sleep can affect your physical and mental health. And I know you might be sitting there saying, you know, easier said than done, Emma. But establishing a routine, calming down your internal system, switch, finding ways to switch off your brain can help you to relax before you go to bed. Message me if you want a relaxation audio. I can send that to you in a jiffy. It's easy for me to do that. And speaking of getting in touch with me, you know, if you are struggling, reach out to those around you or to me. There are many ways that you can get some help and support that you need. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not coping. It just means that you've got a dip often and that there are people that can help you to just have a laugh, to boost your mood, to just get you and know what you are going through. Okay, so these winter well-being plans can help to improve both employee health and your own health and motivation. And, you know, it's they're not just for one day. They need to become an integral part of you. You know, we switch up some of the meals that we eat and the clothes that we wear as we come into winter. And it's important to think about how we can switch up some of the well-being that we do too. So as ever, if you want to ask me any questions or you want any support from me for you individually or as an organisation, do get in touch with me. You can also check out my website at www.emmalankton.com. But other than that, I want to wish you a really well week and then I will see you again in the next episode. Bye for now. 